This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Um, with what's playing out in Eastern Europe right now, um, in some ways it's being called the TikTok war. And a lot of, for millions and millions of people around the world, that's how they're experiencing what's going on in this conflict. Um, you know, it's coming through social media. It's coming through TikTok videos. It's coming through Instagram, these kinds of platforms. And um, it's a first at this scale. Uh, literally millions and millions and millions of people um, are tuned in and getting firsthand accounts, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, through social media platforms. So let's have a discussion about that with Megan Bowler, who is a social justice professor at University of Toronto. Uh, Megan, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Sure thing. Glad to be here. This really is sort of a first, right, in terms of the scale and the immediacy. I mean, this social media documentation of the war. We've had it before, obviously, but but not like this. Like, this is being called the TikTok war. Yes, and it's interesting to see this changing ways that we refer to the representation of war. So if you think back the the Twitter revolution of the Egyptian revolution, so that happened to occur right as we were beginning to all be using Twitter and Facebook. So people were discussing whether, you know, those platforms were changing the representation of war. I think one of the key things that we see here is how the changing nature of media and our access to media challenges the the singular narratives. As you were saying, the idea that we all live in our own version of the world. Well, it used to be that, that state and uh, military could really control the narrative and the media narrative, that is, of, of a war. And that's simply no longer the case. And mm-hmm. that really changes, uh, as we know. And there's so many implications to this. I mean, questions of, of course, you know, is this uh, information that we're getting from TikTok, is that actually someone on the ground? Is this disinformation from you know, whomever is the money that they are asking for on GoFundMe. Actually, you know, there's all these questions of reliability. But there's also this way in which, yes, as you were saying, we have this this firsthand access that if you think uh, back to, like, the invasion of... Um, the invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq, there were issues with how journalists could access, even get any access to what was going yeah. on in the ground there, right? So... Yeah, it's a really different landscape. How do you think that impacts people that are consuming it this way in terms of, I mean, some of these things, you know, like you say, it would come through government filters. It would come through media who sort of have some rules around what we can and can't put on television, right? Just, you know, because of the content Mm -hmm. itself. Um, Those rules are all gone when it comes to social media. How do you think it changes the way we perceive what's happening? Yes, and and it's just the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. So, on 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 one hand, I mean, there's something uh, so significant and important about the fact that there can be alternative 
narratives about what's occurring because yeah. when when it was solely state or you know military propaganda we really didn't know what was happening so as these um alternative narratives have increased we have more of a chance to look at you know uh, and look and compare however with the inundation of media that we have today you know most people as we know with the whole issues with disinformation and and confirming what we're reading we're reading so quickly that it's not like we're really stopping and doing the homework that we need to do about the authority and reliability of any particular thing. So with regard to the effect on our consumption, I mean, there's lots of concerns. There's always been a concern about what's known as compassion fatigue, the, yes. you know, the extent to which we'll, we'll lose, uh, I don't know, that, that we become more and more numb to what we're seeing and only more and more violent, horrifying images will capture our attention. I mean, that's that's a horrifying truth about media. And, you know, there's a lot of concern. Is this just, you know, we're all sick of what we can access on Netflix after a long lockdown period, right? And that's that's a horrible thought to think that what people are experiencing is just this sort of... This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Passive consumption of of people suffering so there's all sorts of uh, implications yeah, and that's what i wanted to ask you when you talk about passive consumption that's exactly what it is and i think a lot of us just we don't realize um for lack of a better term the manipulation that goes into that passive consumption and why we're seeing what we're seeing and why as you say it changes over time based on what we interact with and how we interact with different things that we see on the platform. We get more and more. It's all self-reinforcing. Um, yes. So when you're in an example like this, where that algorithm really has so much power over what you're seeing, I mean, you can end up with a completely twisted view of what's actually happening very easily, can't you? Oh, yeah. It's so concerning. And, um, yeah, the various ways in which those algorithms work, whether it's uh, for profit or for uh, you know, all of the different motivations of, of that programming of those algorithms. But uh, um, there's a real concern about, as you know, that we're increasingly pushed into our own filter bubbles so that you will tell me that you saw X, Y, Z, and I saw this other thing. Yeah. Where, where, as you started this this discussion, where we're living in our own realities. But yeah, we go down these rabbit holes and, and don't stop to to ask questions about well, why am I seeing this now? And I think it is so important to step back and and even, you know, change your VPN, right? Uh, change, you know, clear the cache data on your computer. Find out what, what's being collected. Um, as we're, because all of the viewing that we are doing, we're, we're not aware of it, and we like to not think about it, but, but all of that information is being used for what uh, uh, scholar Shoshana Zuboff calls surveillance capitalism. It's, it's incredibly profitable, right, for, for those platforms. So TikTok is making a fortune yeah. off of this, right? And so are the influencers. So, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, we have to remember that these 
peop- these businesses, these platforms are businesses and, and, and they're mm-hmm. making a tremendous amount of money. So, you know, Meta, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, they came out mm-hmm. and said, well, we're going to start labeling things and we're going to start de-promoting right. things. And I mean, mm-hmm. how, I have zero faith in Facebook for very good reason. I think most people do at this point. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, are we foolish to rely on what these social platforms are saying in terms of, oh, we're going we're gonna to take care of this, don't worry? Yeah, honestly, I mean, until we see, uh, we've just all watched over the past, since the Cambridge Analytica, really, we've seen Zuckerberg and everyone else uh, come up in front of Senate and various hearings, and be, yeah. be try, we've tried to hold them accountable and get them, and, and the fact that they can simply lie to us about what they are doing, what they are going to do, because really, you know, we know what their bottom line is, and um, yeah, we're seeing that with TikTok now. That I mean, it's also just almost humanly impossible. Well, I mean, it would be possible. Imagine if they if they diverted a significant amount of their profits to really, really figuring out um, how to do this. But there's but there's also another face to that. Like, who has to do the work? And they the, this work gets farmed out. The work of editing and censoring and making these decisions it gets farmed out. To to uh, third world countries yeah. where talk about the the horrors that people experience the kind of fatigue and and yeah I mean it's it creates this whole generation of post traumatic stress of having to do this work right of 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 that farmed out work yeah, yeah and try and filter through it yeah so yeah. I mean bottom line when it comes down to is it's on you if you're if you're consuming your information through these platforms you need to be the arbiter of what's real. I mean, it comes, it falls to you. No one's doing it for you. Yeah. And I, I think that gets to the fact that we are doing this so much in isolation, right? We yeah. tend to be all on our, you know, computer or gadget, whatever. And we really need to be having conversations with one another and saying, well, what, what were you watching and what advertisements did you see as you were watching that? And you know, what, how were you funneled from this site to the next site? What was, the directionality and the sort of the um, what was the political viewpoint and perspective of what you were seeing because of your um, you know your psychographic profile online, right? And compare that and and get to develop a sort of critical um, distance understanding of what's going on here, rather than just going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, great discussion, Megan. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Sure thing. Take care.